0: Welcome to the Rewilded Human Podcast, where Dr. Lucille and Lynn will tackle your most difficult and intimate questions with candor, tough love, and a little dash of humor. In today's episode, when we reach our middle years, you get
1: into such patterns that you know you you forget who you really are, and you forget things like, well, what were my dreams when I was younger? What was it that really lit me up? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the thing that made me jump out of bed with excitement? And it is important to go back to that. And that gives you clues about who you really are.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Rewilded Human podcast. I can't believe we're on episode 11 already. This is incredible. I'm Lynn yeah. Hardy. It's, it's just gone so fast, right? I'm Lynn Hardy, I'm a nutrition yeah. consultant and a naturopath, and I truly believe about the mind, body, and soul connection, and that the body has this innate ability to heal itself, and we are here to help you guys with this, and I'm going to introduce you to my co-host, my partner in crime, Dr. Lucille Nekas. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Yes, thanks, Lynn. Uh, yeah, welcome everybody. I
1: am a holistic psychiatrist in private practice and a psychotherapist. My, my my prime modality is EMDR therapy. And I also am an independent Healy World member. So I uh, love promoting the frequency device Healy. There are so many frequency devices out there, but I think everybody needs to check into using a frequency device, to totally enhance your life, your bioenergetic field. And I'm the kind of person that I just love getting in depth in under into understanding people. And nothing lights me up more than to see people totally become who they were meant to be if all the garbage in their lives hadn't happened to them.
0: Yeah, That's absolutely, me. absolutely. And don't you think, Lucille, that like frequency energy healing is gonna be like the future of medicine?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so many visionaries ha- that have actually um, thought that way. And you you can tell because there are so many frequency devices entering the market yeah. uh, and have for quite a long time. And you, it really pays to know all about frequencies and to start tuning in into your own and seeing whatever you can do to raise your vibrational frequency. Absolutely. That's the whole thing mm-hmm. to really enhancing your life.
0: Yeah, it's such, an, it's such an exciting field. And I I just I, I love learning about like, you know, I'd love to learn more about this. And guys, if you are about the, interested in the healing, then please check the link below so you can find out more. And you can get your own as well and, um, you know, find its healing benefits, find it for yourself. So we're going to jump into the questions, guys, we have four questions again for you today. As always, keep sending us your questions. Um, you can reach us by um, sending us an email. You can find the email address below. You can also reach us on on, um, Instagram and on social media on the different platforms, all the links are below. And we're gonna jump right into the first question so we don't waste too much of your time. Dr. Lucille, take it away. John
1: writes uh, about a worry that a lot of people go through regarding midlife crisis. I'm wondering if I'm going through a midlife crisis. I have a lot to be grateful for, a wife and children and a high-paying job, but I feel something's missing. My wife and I are so busy, we barely have time to see each other every week. Work is the same old. Most of my spare time is taken up chauffeuring the kids to sports events. Am I crazy for feeling the way I do? Well, my short answer to you, John, is no. This is very, and you, it's so common and it is absolutely a reality. You know, we were not put on this earth. I don't think we were born into these lives so that we could simply work hard to pay the bills, to create a, a good home for our families and to keep chauffeuring our kids to sporting events. We have so much more to us than that. I would say that it's a really important thing to and, and courageous to stop and reflect and notice that you're not happy in the life that you're leading right now. And it's I you know, I can sense that you are grateful. You're grateful for the mm-hmm. life that you have and that you've been able to create. But it is not fulfilling. It It's not that meaningful for you. So how does one and, find the fulfillment? You know, I think it really, first of all, it starts with what John's starting with, which is just to acknowledge that something's not right. And then to really start reflecting, you know, because when we reach our middle years, you get into such patterns that, you know, you you forget who you really are. And you forget things like, well, what were my dreams when I was younger? What was it that really lit me up? Mm -hmm. Uh, what was the thing that made me jump out of bed with excitement and it is important to go back to that and that gives you clues about who you really are and what will give your particular life meaning like for example I have so many I've had so many clients who've been in the corporate world and their heart has been into doing some form of art yeah you know But they can't get to it. They can't get to it. Life's way too busy. You know, they just can't get to it. So they always tell themselves, okay, when I retire, (laughs) I'm going to indulge in as much art as I want. But, you know, that leaves your soul kind of dry and withered for a long period of time until work ends. And then work survival mode becomes the most important thing in your day-to-day life and that is just not nourishing for the human soul it's just not it's like modern day
0: slavery right
1: it's absolutely modern day slavery and this is what one of the reasons i think lynn and i decided we we wanted to do a podcast called rewilded human because we need to go back to being wild We, we need to go back to being creative and doing what really lights us up rather
0: than being like domesticated cattle, you know? That's exactly exactly what we are, you know, and and we're always, we always want more and we want better things, trying to keep up with the Joneses and everything. And, you know, once you have children then they want more and the latest iPhone, and it's just—it's so hard to get out of this, right? It's like the hamster wheel—you just keep going around and around, and then you, life passes you by, and next thing you know, it's—it's it's all over, and and you haven't done half the things that you wanted to do. So I—I I totally yeah. feel your pain, John, and I totally understand that. Um, you know, we had a very successful business with my husband, and um, we were quite young when we decided to sell everything and to really focus on enjoying our lives and focus on our family and travel. And that was a very hard decision for us to make because a lot of people, you know, once they have a successful business, then they want it more successful and they want more money and they want more. And we just reached a point where we said, we have everything that we need and what we need is more time and and more enjoyment out of life. And that was a very hard decision to make. But, you know, a lot of people don't, don't get to that point or a lot of people don't have the luxury of doing that because they're just surviving from, you know, paycheck to paycheck. I think it's just trying to find... You need you need time to yourself. You need time alone, perhaps with your wife. And you know, maybe you don't need to sign your children up. I mean, when you have kids, I went through this with mine too. But I mean, he has to learn piano. He has to play soccer. He has to. Kids don't actually have to do everything. You know, pick one or two things, or let them pick what they're interested in, what they want to do. I don't think I don't know where where like I didn't go to classes every day after school. Did you, Lucille? No, not at all. No, well, I, I, mean, was forced, I was forced to do
1: things like play piano or take ballet classes, but uh-huh. it wasn't like every every night. It and did you enjoy
0: it or was it something that parents forced No, on you?
1: It, No, I didn't. It was imposed upon me. <laughs> you
0: know, so, I mean, I wonder if your kids are really enjoying the things that you're chauffeuring them to, or is yeah. it something, is it their no, choice or is it your choice?
1: See, I think one of the things is because I know John and I, I his kids are like, they... Love their sports, right? Mm-hmm. They love the sports, and and yeah. and a lot of their socializing is also, um, you know, circle circling around sports. That's mm-hmm. all their their lives. So
0: it's school and sports. Can um, they maybe take turns so with other it it parents it so that time. you you know you take them this week, yeah, another that. parent takes them next yeah. week? I mean, there's there's got to be that. ways to manage your time better so that you don't feel yeah. so overwhelmed and that you feel like you know, that you have a good quality of life and you can actually spend time doing things that you you really love and that feed your soul. I think that's so important. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um, There is a phenomenon called the soft suburban dad syndrome. I've never heard that. Yeah. And um, I didn't either until about, I think, a year ago. Uh, And what it is, is that these, you know, Men who have ambitions for the life, who want to do things with their life, who want to have fulfilled lives. When they get married and they settle down and they, you know, they have a, the typical suburban lifestyle, they kind of get soft, uh-huh. uh, you know, they, they develop the the um, the uh be- the beer belly they're they don't go work out anymore so their muscles get soft Their are <laughs> thinking gets soft like they don't think about doing innovative things they're kind of like prefer to sit on the couch and watch sports or you know if they're they're, they're chauffeuring their kids to sports but it's kind of like they've gone soft like there's no core juice in them there's no they kind of lost their passion and their their essential manhood, you
0: know. Well, the testosterone and their drops, body. right? The testosterone goes right. down. The testosterone, yeah, testosterone will drop go- as go- you know the belly <laughs> grows, and you're not physically active, and you're you're not in the alpha male role, and and then the testosterone yeah. plummets, and then it kind of just brings you down with it.
1: Yeah, and so there has been uh, an upwelling of an interest in men creating groups or tribes sort mm-hmm. of you know where mm-hmm. they get together and they uh do things like they go camping together and they you know they do things to bring back the the manhood the into, rewilded into the, rewilded man they rewild, they rewild I love themselves yeah I love yes it. go hunting go fishing go, go in the go wilderness hunting, fishing, yeah and you know just do the things that men always used to do and and build up because that builds up the testosterone, of course,
0: right? Of course. And, and then you yeah. go home and you sweep the wife off her feet. I love it. Right, right. Yeah. Wife will, uh, totally love it. Absolutely. That's a great suggestion. I love that. I've never heard that before, but that's, that's actually a really, really good idea. So John, hopefully that will help you. And, uh, you know, write back to us and let us know if this is helpful. Definitely find your passion. And, you know, I'm not going to say put yourself first because you're a father. Obviously, you're going to put your family first. But put put yourself at the top of the list and make sure you're also your well-being and your happiness is also a priority. And of course, the happier you are, the happier your family will be. And, you know, also with the kids, go out and and do stuff, not just take them to the sports events, but do stuff with them that that you also enjoy, that you also get something out of. Okay, we are off to the next question, which is from Alex. And Alex sends us a very thought provoking question. I recently discovered my partner has been exchanging flirty texts with someone else. I feel betrayed, but they insist it's harmless and not cheating. Is texting someone else in a romantic or flirty way considered cheating? I'm really struggling to define the boundaries here. It's funny. I was just listening to a podcast and this lady called in and she said her husband was sexting with like nine different women and they were sending you know naked photos and um videos and all kinds of stuff and he even met up with these wow. ladies but it was purely platonic nothing happened and she actually believed this so it's it's really crazy how wow. how delusional people get when something yeah. like this happens yeah. and in today's world where like sexting and and flirty texts and all this stuff and with social media a lot of these things just kind of become normal and people actually don't see this as cheating because you're not physically intimate with someone but i mean this is horrible like i would be absolutely horrified to find something like this on my husband's phone
1: absolutely i mean what is the purpose of it i mean your partner is claiming that it's all innocent so but what is the purpose why why then does she keep doing it what is she getting out of it and if if the tables were turned and you were doing it, would she be comfortable with it?
0: Yeah, it's uh, I'm assuming I, I, that I, Alex is a girl, so maybe Alex is a guy. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're oh, not sure. Could be. It could be, yeah, it could be, but either way, sure. either way, no, either way
1: it's um it could be either way, but still, yeah. you know, you know, your partners, um, would she be equally comfortable with you sexting somebody else? Um, you know, and I think you know, you you have to watch your tendency not only to lie to your partner, but to lie to yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yes, and you know, and you 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 get a some kind of a high from being considered special, or somebody finds you sexually attractive, or whatever. Maybe the light has gone out a bit on your sexual relationship with your current partner, and you're looking for that that hit of feeling like somebody else is really attracted to you i've had numerous uh people in my practice who have that uh, you know again it's almost like an addiction Mm -hmm. they need to feel like they are attractive gives them a big hit hit of dopamine
0: dopamine
1: yeah Um, yeah but you know what it's it's all a lie right it's Mm -hmm. It's all a lie. It is not, it's about, you are giving, you know, your attention, your energy, your sexual energy to somebody else. Even if you haven't met them in person, maybe even if you haven't had that drink with them or what have you, you're siphoning off precious energy from your partnership to this other person. Why? And, you know, why are you lying to yourself about it? You know, it's really important. And, and you know, we get this uh, also, it's normalized to a certain extent. Oh, well, you know, after about five to 10 years, things are getting dull in the sexual relationship with my partner. So why not look for something a little more race, racy, right? No, that's but it, uh, it's just depletes the energy that should be going into the relationship with your partner. And truth be told, most of the time, it doesn't stop at just the texting it doesn't exactly. And, you know, because if, if it was all that, then it, it wouldn't keep being exciting. It would then get boring. And so you mm-hmm. have to always notch it up a bit and you meet the person mm-hmm. and then you, Oh, you start, you know, and it, and it just goes on and on. You just, uh, you know, go down that slippery slope. So I would agree with you, Alex, that, uh, this is not right. And, uh, you need to be really exploring with your partner if she is uh you know receptive to it you need to be exploring what exactly is this doing for her
0: mm-hmm.
1: why does she have to do it how and do you I come think how
0: you, do you come back from this like how can you how do you, how you trust someone right. like how,
1: if, how can you trust someone yeah yeah it's it's bit this is a big betrayal
0: Yes, and I think this is happening a lot because with social media yeah. and everything, it's just so easy to reach out to someone. Hey, you're looking good, baby. And the next thing, you know, like, the for example, maybe the husband or the wife wasn't giving you that much attention. But here's this stranger, you know, in Nigeria yeah. or wherever, right, that is telling okay. you, yeah, you're the hottest thing since sliced bread and and wow. you're excited. But, you know, it's people are also very gullible for falling for these things, because, I mean, a lot of times these people are sending out a 100 messages waiting for one to stick. So you're probably not that special, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. You you know, I think, I think in today's world, being special is not, you know, having hundreds of partners. That's not what makes you cool. What makes you cool is being, you know, being with that one person and sticking it out with that person. That's the new cool because it's just so easy to have these rapid relationships and jumping from one partner to the next and one relationship to the next, because there's always someone better, but that's, i mean it gets old very quickly i think so alex we wish you all the best with this you definitely need to confront your partner you need to address this and get to the root of the problem find out why it's happening and you 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 need you need boundaries i mean i don't even know if people when they get into relationships do you define these things like okay this is not, i'm okay with this i am not okay with this like are people doing this or do we need to start doing this because in today's world, it's not, it's not, not the same as it was before, you know, like cheating has different definitions for different people. And maybe you need to define these things when you start a relationship with someone to make sure this is not okay. Or I, you know, it's not okay when you're hiding your phone from me. And I think Alex needs to have, you know, if, if he or she feels more comfortable having full access to the phone after this, then I think, Whenever you know he would want to look at the phone, that that should be okay by the partner because if you keep hiding stuff, this is just going to go downhill very very quickly.
1: Yeah, Um, a lot of uh, dating coaches, uh, you know, uh, couple coaches are really getting people to ask Mm -hmm. these questions, these really important questions before people commit to a long term relationship. Things like you know, are you into porn? Mm-hmm. or you know uh you know do you find it like this question here is it perfectly okay uh for you to have an attraction to another person and start texting them the there it's really coming out on the surface now uh for people who want to really have those important you know meaningful relationships it's getting important for them to ask these nitty-gritty questions yeah
0: no yeah. i agree yeah. i agree so i hope you guys can have Hope you guys have good communication and that you can talk about this and overcome this. Write back to us, Alex, and let us know how things are going. Right. Yes, please do. Okay. We're off to the next question from Katie. Lucille, I think you're up. Okay. So Katie uh, comes to us with financial
1: concerns. Uh, I'm struggling with financial disagreements with my partner. We have completely different approaches to spending and saving, and it's starting to affect our relationship. How can we navigate these differences and find a financial balance that works for both of us? I'd love some advice on managing finances together without
0: conflict.
1: So, this, perfect question, Kate. This goes Thanks. back to like the
0: previous one where you said, you know, where yes. people get into a relationship like talk about these things i mean these are important things people just get married or jump into relationships combine their finances and and not think about these things beforehand i mean mm-hmm. this is this is huge it's so important and it, and financial issues can destroy so many relationships
1: absolutely it's in the top 3 uh of reasons for divorce wow yeah that's really so interesting it, yeah yeah so I agree with you Lynn that these you know how people spend money is an issue that has to be explored before you ever think about taking the relationship to the next level. Absolutely, Absolutely has to. Yeah. Money represents so many things for us. It's not just about paying the bills. Uh it it can impact our self-esteem. You know, because um, you have a partner who thinks that money is there to uh, buy the next biggest bauble, the next biggest uh, Porsche. You know, whatever the it is, and they need they need that affirmation that they are amazing because they have the latest Porsche, Mm -hmm. or they uh, you know they have a perfectly renovated house. They they need to show signs of how wealthy they are, because that makes them feel so good. Mm -hmm. I had a client uh, the other day, she was in an argument with her husband, because they, he needed to buy a new car, like a new Mercedes every two years. Wow. And not only would he get bored with the previous car, but it felt so good for him to be driving a brand new Mercedes. Mm-hmm. It was like his lifeblood to him, right? Yeah. And um, she, on the other hand, is very, very frugal. And she wants to save up for a stable retirement,
0: mm-hmm. which,
1: you know, her, part- her partner never thinks about the future. Mm-hmm. So this is a huge problem, right? Definitely. So one thing, Katie, that this couple has come to an agreement on is they've sort of talked about how they are on different ends of the spectrum when it comes to saving and spending. But they both also see that they need, they're so extreme that they need to be a little bit more like the other, Mm -hmm. You know, like my client needs to be less rigid and frugal with money Mm -hmm. and learn to play with it a little bit more and and buy nice clothes for herself and that sort of thing. And her partner agrees that, you know, his spending style has been way too lavish and he needs to start thinking about the future and retirement and all of that. So they kind of made an agreement that whatever their differences are they're going to listen to one another and really consider the other person's point of view and and discuss how to compromise mm-hmm. so that, that they they both they both get what they want from money to a certain extent right but they are not like uh, on you know a totally different ends of the spectrum and at complete loggerheads with one another So that is something you might want to consider if you haven't already done so with your partner to sit down and say, listen, what are our long term goals? What are our values? What does money mean to us? Uh, You know, uh, what are our non-negotiables with money? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you really nail it down because otherwise the money issues are going to sink your relationship."
0: Yeah. Yeah. It can be a big problem. And like you said, sometimes, you know, the partner that we attract is because they are the opposite of us and we need to learn from them and and we need to find that balance. Like we need a little bit of this and he needs a little bit of of what I have or the way my personality is. So I think we can balance each other out very well with that. Like my husband is, is, you know, he, he, he's more into spending. I'm more frugal, I'm more conservative. So I'm the one that kind of has to pull him back. But one thing you can kind of do, Katie, is you know, if once all the bills are paid and you've got some money into the savings and everything, then you can also allocate, you know, certain funds, like say 500 bucks for you, 500 bucks for your husband, that you can truly spend on whatever you want each month or whatever you guys are able to do, that you can spend on whatever you like. Because I think as adults, we also don't like someone telling us what we can spend on what we can't spend on i think it's really important to have our own hobbies and have our own you know if the lady likes to spend money on shoes or purses and the guy likes the cars or whatever but there has to be a balance so that one person doesn't feel like the other person's spending all this money while i'm trying to save the money because that just doesn't work like that but you need to find some kind of a balance that where everyone is happy so communication is so important when it comes to finances like we said, it's best to have this communication done beforehand. That then that would save you a lot of problems in the future. So before getting married, you know, spend, you know, spend a lot of time talking about this for the future, for the kids. And it's quite funny. I actually have friends like this. And in Germany, this is very common that people they get married and they have separate bank accounts. And they they remain like this. I can't imagine living like that. Like for me, that's not a partnership. Like for me, a marriage partnership is also a financial partnership but i know mm-hmm. i have friends like that they are you know they're married they have children and they have separate finances completely and the mother is um buying the school stuff for the daughter and the father is buying the school stuff for the son i mean isn't that crazy and in germany yeah. this is completely normal so mm-hmm. There are other cultures that deal with this issue differently, differently yeah. uh, but there, there, there are definitely solutions and, you know, ha- having separate finances is, is, I don't think that's the ultimate solution because I think we need to be, we need to be united in marriage and in relationships. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree so hopefully we were able to answer your question, Katie, and hope hope this helps. Make make sure you guys talk a lot, and I'm sure you can get this resolved. As long as you love and respect each other, I'm sure you guys can overcome this. So this brings us to the last question. This is from Delia. She's worried about her grandkids' diet. How do I get my daughter to feed her children healthy food? Most of my life, I've been what the family calls a health nut. None of them take good care of their health. It kills me to see how my grandkids are being fed lots of sugar and processed food. But every time I try to talk to my daughter about it, she either blows me off or blows up at me. So I'm that health nut in the family. So I I can completely relate to this. And I don't know, when I I do have grandchildren, I'm going to be the grandma from hell because I'm going (laughs) to be, oh, my God, you're feeding that kid what... I actually told them when I had my son, I told my parents, because they, they they were also the grandparents from hell, but the other way, you know, they were tr- just feeding him sugar and sweets and everything that I would forbid, they would feed him all the time. So I went to the extreme. I can't say much because they're actually listening to this podcast, but I actually <laughs> went to the extreme of telling them that my son is allergic to sugar, that this was a diagnosis from the doctor and my son is allergic to sugar. Of course, they didn't care about the diagnosis. And every time I would get him back, he would be like spinning, like, you know, that Tasmanian double, like spinning out of control because yeah. he, he would just go crazy on sugar. So that was really, really hard for me. And as if I was a grandma, it would probably be even worse. So ah, oh, it's really tough, Delia, because you have no control. You know, it's like once your kids are grown and they have their own children, I don't know, I think about this so much, how I'm going to handle this. I don't know, Lucille, any wise words for Delia? No,
1: I. and I have clients like this. And, you know, they're, it, you do not have any authority over another person's child, even though it's your grandchild. Yeah. You just have no authority. And, you know, I know clients, what they do, sometimes they will, uh, you know, print out articles uh, about the dangers of, a sugar for children and they'll leave it in certain places where Mm -hmm. their children can see it you know and and it doesn't it always backs backfires uh because people do not like to be told what to do people do not like to be told they're doing it wrong and here's how you do it right yeah so you're already off to a bad start if that's the way you're approaching it you know One thing you could try to do is just stop struggling with your kids about how they're feeding their grandkids. Just stop. When the grandkids are with you, you try to introduce healthy foods. You try to restrict the unhealthy foods. Um, but that's really difficult because the kids are addicted to sugar. Yeah, so they're, they're going to be tossing food. the healthy
0: foods at the wall. You know, it's like. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. I, and you're going to be the bad grandma. You're this, not going to be the good grandma because the good grandma feeds them. Yeah, yeah, nobody, only... nobody not, the kids, the Grandkids, are not going to want to visit you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so, it's um, so hard.
1: Yeah. So sometimes it just means, and it's painful influence it is you just back off and you stop the struggle and then you watch to see what happens because after a while the kids are unfortunately going to start having issues that they're going to have to see doctors for
0: absolutely
1: and if your um daughters or sons it's usually the daughters that are involved in this if the if and maybe you have daughters um, if the daughter is involved and they're getting concerned about their child's health and they don't know what to do, and you have been a safe person to talk to, mm-hmm. that's the thing, where they, they don't feel they're going to be criticized, they're not going to be told what to do, uh, you're going to listen with compassion, um, then, then you might just have a chance to put in your own two cents worth. You know, yeah, yeah. But if you've already been like, butting heads for years about this, your children will not go to you for advice about how to feed their kids. They will just uh-huh. avoid you like the plague. You know, so and I
0: it's know so it hard. Was, it's we, counter. Yeah, yeah. No, so yeah, it's-, it's it's so hard because what's going to happen is that you know eventually the kids will get sick, and then that you have to wait for the that kids happens. to get sick to like. Yeah. I, have, I have a cousin, actually my, my my husband's cousin that I'm very close to. And um, she was the same way with her kids. And her daughter at four was 60 kilos. And at like nine, she was like almost 100 kilos. And now she's 15 and her knees are destroyed. And she has so many health issues. And I've been you know, telling her since she was a baby, you have to stop. You cannot feed her. You can't keep giving her all the soft drinks. You can't keep feeding her crap. But she never listened to me. Or it was the father that was feeding right. it, you know, and and now to see that, you know, all of this could be prevented and it's going to be diabetes. And I told her, I said, look, your daughter's going to have diabetes by the time she's 30. She'll probably ha- be having her leg chopped off. And, you know, like I was very extreme and, and trying to scare her off, but to do better. But I couldn't do anything. And it's so frustrating. So I, I totally yeah. understand your frustration, DLA. I totally understand. But I think your relationship with your daughter and your grandkids is more important. And if you keep pushing and pushing, you're just gonna end up pushing them away. And yes, all you can Absolutely. do it, is kind of hope that eventually they will come to this conclusion on their own. But if the mm-hmm. parents also have bad food habits, eating habits, lifestyle habits, then it's it's gonna be a really strong wake-up call, perhaps that will change that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh, I'm sure I speak for Lynn when uh we say this is very painful issue very painful issue that you're having to deal with and our hearts go out to you and our hearts go out to these grandkids
0: absolutely and
1: uh yeah hopefully there will be some resolution
0: yeah I hope so too because you know in my eyes it's child abuse what what parents it is I I, I don't I don't don't want to say anything bad about your daughter obviously you know that's not what I'm but but to me that is because their their health and their lives are in our hands and and it's just makes me crazy how some parents treat this, this privilege that we are given. So it's I'm my heart breaks for you, Delia. I'm really, really sorry. <clears throat> and uh, all you can do is be patient. And, and we hope that things will turn out for the best. And that brings us to the end of episode 11. Thank you guys again for um, listening to us rambling on and hope you got something out of it. And I hope you enjoy it. We definitely enjoy bringing these episodes to you guys. I think we're getting more and more into it and it's a lot of fun and uh, we love getting your questions. So please continue sending them in. Make sure you like, subscribe, sign up, whatever platform you're on, drop a comment below, send us your questions. We always look forward to hearing from you. And thank you guys again for being here. Thank you so much, Dr. Lucille as well. And we will see you guys in the next episode, which is going to be epic. I don't have the questions yet, but I know they're going to be mind-blowing.
1: Right, Lucille? Oh, they, yeah, they always are. And always we, so, are. we so appreciate that you're so open and uh, really generous with uh, asking our opinion. And because all of your questions are relevant in some way to so many other people's. Absolutely. So thank you very much. Absolutely. You're really helping me. Yeah. And thank you so much, Lynn. You've been great at, uh, at you know, organizing the questions and it really uh, adding your own personal experience to all of this. It's been wonderful.
0: Thank you so much, Lucille. And thank you guys all. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye.
1: Please be aware that Lynn and I are here to provide insights, advice, stories that are for educational and entertainment purposes only. None of our content should be considered to be personal, medical, or mental health therapy. If you are experiencing a mental health or physical health challenge, please consult the appropriate health care specialist. We are... Here to provide the best possible content in an atmosphere of positive conversation and personal growth.